Abner Mares is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook, with Abner Mares, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is. They chat about topics like Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to boxing champion, sports, music, culture, and family life. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Mares wherever you get your podcasts, episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. Presents the G1 Cast with Justin Nipper and Carlos Duero. Hello, it's Justin, and you're listening to the G1 Cast presented by FightGameMedia.com. This is it. We've made it. We have arrived. The first of three nights at Yogoku Kokugikan Sumo Hall kicked off last night with A Black action. In the main event, Tomohiro Ishii beat Jay White after a very chaotic, a wild match. And while Jay White is now eliminated from the G1, I feel that the story between he and Gato has not finished. So keep your eyes peeled this weekend. We'll keep you posted. Kota Ibushi and Taichi had one of the most unique matches I've ever seen. And I've watched lots and lots and lots of wrestling and lots of wrestling from Japan. And I've never seen what they did. I've never seen that. I've never seen 17 minutes of kicks. Well, I mean, I'm not watching K1, but this was pretty damn close to that. So we'll get into it. And one last big story from last night. Will Ospreay, he upset Kazuchika Okada. But he also turned on him. He turned heel. B. Priestley was involved from stardom. The great O'Karn was involved from Revolution Pro. But listen, don't worry. We will get to that. Now, before we start, I want to introduce our guest, Fumi Saito. Fumi is a very important figure in both Japanese and in modern U.S. wrestling history. Okay, if you're not familiar, he is a prolific writer, editor, columnist, teacher, broadcast host, commentator, university lecturer. He graduated from Augsburg University in Minnesota and later the renowned Waseda University in Tokyo. But as a student in the United States, Fumi began taking pictures of wrestling shows and reporting it back to Weekly Pro Res or uh, Shukan Pro Resu, the weekly magazine back in the day that's still going weekly to this day. Fumi's first book was called Itoshi no Pro Resu in America. The, let me just give you a list. And this is a brief list. I did cut this down. Fumi Saito published his first book in 1984, Pro Wrestling in America. 1985, he goes back to Japan. He's week, uh, full-time 
at Weekly Pro. He was also writing documentaries for TV Asahi at the time. By 1993, he had published Pro Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Dictionary. Uh, 94, he was publishing Taking Bumps in Baseball Shaw magazine, another really popular wrestling magazine during the 90s. He was also, if you didn't know this, check it out, he was the story mode supervisor and writer for, are you ready? Super Fire Pro Wrestling Special in 1994 on the Famicom. Super Famicom. 95, Seasons Greetings, Fumi's book about traveling to the States and visiting with wrestlers like Sean Waltman. Fumi's very famous Boys Will Be Boys column, published in Weekly Pro Wrestling from their other works. In 2003, American English for Sports. There's tons of collections of his articles released. His Bruiser Brody 30th anniversary book recently came out. He writes for SPA, uh, an online blog newspaper type website in Japan. He's worked as a supervisor, as a commentator for WWE since it was the WWF. He's been there for a while and he's still doing commentary on. Smackdown, Japanese version of Smackdown on DAZN. And if that wasn't enough, if you like All Japan Women's Wrestling, you've heard Fumi's voice. If you like watching All Japan Women's Classics on Samurai TV, you've probably heard Fumi's voice. If you watched the Stardom special last year on Fight TV that aired from New York City, You've heard his voice. You've heard him speaking English with Jim Valley, our friend Jim Valley. He is the man. He is here with us. We are very, very, very lucky and grateful to have Fumihiko Saito on our show today. Thanks again, Fumi. He was at Yogoku last night, and he'll be providing us his personal analysis and perspective from the show. All right, let's jump into it. But before that, you can find Carlos on Twitter at CarlosToro360. He's on Fightful.com. I'm Justin M. Nipper on Twitter, K-N-I-P-P-E-R. If you haven't, please go to the show notes. Check those out. And if you can, donate to the Jim Valley GoFundMe. And that's it. Let's get right into it with We're back. And we have a very, 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 very special guest that I just introduced. You've just heard it. The one, the only, Fumi Saito. Hello from America. Hello from Tokyo. How are you, Fumi? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Not that special. <laughs> and you were at the show last night. You were at Sumo yeah. Hall. Yeah. So overall, what was I your... can go back to tonight too. You know, three nights, consecutive nights at the Sumo Palace. So, yeah. It's really tiring, you know, that the, because of the nature of the tournament too. Every single match, they work like a main event. They all bring in the, the A game, you know. So only six match, all single matches, you know. And uh, yeah, it's a different, different atmosphere. Yeah, the shorter, shorter matches, 
the, we were talking about it right before the social distancing within the boxes inside Sumo Hall. Did that seem strange to you? How did you feel when you were inside? Oh, no, real strange. Yeah. Look, look almost ha half empty, half full, but it's actually sold out. And, uh, there's a small box that the, normally people, four people can sit in. And they only have one. And uh, the floor seating is like a, seats are far apart from each other. Everybody's supposed to be wearing the mask at all time. You're not supposed to be standing up and cheering and, and, and screaming any of that. You are not supposed to touch anybody. No high-fiving, you know, yeah, no, not any of that. You're supposed to sit in this floor and clap. <laughs> you know? Did it did it feel loud? Did it feel like uh, the the reactions were appropriate to the matches? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just they have certain reaction, of course. And uh, they, when you go wow, ooh, ah, you know, it's the same. You know, it's just wearing a mask. You follow the rule, kind of thing. And you could you can't touch the wrestlers. Only air hugs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. So sometimes you know. I mean, usually people run over to the ramp and, you know, try to touch wrestlers back or something and none of that happening. All right. So let's start from the main event. Main Tom event, yes. Tomohiro Ishii, his first ever main event, main event. at Sumo Hall. He beat yeah, Jay White. Single match, main event. In about 24 minutes. So what was the crowd like for this, Fumi? Um... He's very, very popular in building that kind of wrestler that gets live reaction more so than it is sometimes television or, or your, you know, laptop screen don't do justify, you know, and mm. um, justice that uh, you don't hear, you know, you have live crowd louder, you know, like a people's breathing you know, and, and, you know, just the air thing that he gets, he gets a yeah, bigger reaction at the building. And it, you don't really perfectly see it on screen. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But uh, yeah, like, like you said before, that uh, long overdue that uh, he should be main eventing, you know, at the New Japan show. But he is uh, um, typical, your success story that he's a you know 24 year veteran, yes, but he was not. New Japan Young Lion, you know what I'm saying? That he started out with WAR, the Genichiro Tenru's company, back in 96. And he was the rookie, one of the rookies that nobody paid attention to. Mm. You know, 5'7", stocky, but not much of amateur, you know, athletic, athletic background or records or anything like that, you know. He tried out right out of high school. And, uh, you know, one of those rookies come and go and people really didn't pay much attention to it. Wrestlers didn't pay much attention to it. And WAR went, went out of business and he did the freelancing with companies like Michinoku. And when Double J, another ill-fated company, the Ricky Choshu started in 2002, it only what lasted two and a half years. He joined that, you know, then that, Double J, World Japan Pro Wrestling, went, went under after two years or so. Then freelancing again. And he didn't join New Japan until 2006. He was a self-made man, so to speak. I think so. And also today's wrestling fan who's been following New Japan for, what, three to five years, 
it looked to them that Ishii's always been there, but it's not true. That he finally joined, you know, after 10 years of struggle, that he, he finally joined and signed contract to New Japan. Do you think he's the representative of that Showa style? That kind of, it, nobody wrestles like him. Pretty much so, yeah, he's, yeah. Disappointing yeah, guy. He's like the throwback to the old style of pro wrestling in Japan because the, the main stars yeah. have their own style. It's developed. Um, Very quiet, yeah. tough guy. Don't say much. Don't show pain. Well, like last night. Uh, yeah, after the big victory over Jay White, he didn't even make press comment. He just left. Very serious. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's his style. Carlos, what was your take on this? I, you know, I, I I've, first of all, I love the match and I'm so glad Ishii kind of got his, his, his shining moment in New Japan is getting to main event Sumo Hall in, in a singles match. And, and I've been saying this for the last five, six years. Ishii, you know, doesn't matter what the criteria is. You can't deny that she is one of the three, five best wrestlers in the world today. And it never felt like his quality of wrestling or his work rate dropped one bit for, for a few years now. And, it, and that's so damn impressive. And this entire New Japan Cup, I mean, um, G1 has been, there have been only a few guys who have, done you know great match after great match after great match even with guys who are not necessarily great workers themselves you know ishii shingo or just a couple of guys who have not had like a bad match not even an average match. all of them have been really good to great and this match against jay white is up there with one of the best matches in the g1 for ishii which is really saying something yeah, there was a, quite a lot of uh, interference towards the end. And while it was a great match that Ishii won and it effectively eliminated Jay from the tournament, I felt like this match was, right. it's the first part of the story that's probably going to unfold. Fumi, do you think that's, what, what do you think the direction of this is? Are they going to split with uh, Jay and Gato? Is, is something happening or? Uh, oh, no, no. They'll stay together. What, uh. Where what do you think about Jay White right now in 2020? Because he's actually he's improved quite a bit. I mean, he's always been great, but he looks yeah. like a different person this year. He really looks like a stud, like a star. Yeah, yeah, coming a long way. And uh, New Japan has real long term plans for him. So uh, yeah, it'll be many, many. When you say long term, long term, yes, he's a New Japan guy. So like. Five years or ten years? Or? Oh, you could never say things about you know ten year plan in wrestling, you know. That's yeah, right. for some people, one year, two years is a long time, you know. But uh, for uh, Jay White's story, he's one of the, those guys, the foreign international guy who came as a young lion and lived in dojo and did the rookie training with Japanese guys. And lived in dojo and, and learned and learned the language, learned the culture, ate Japanese food, and just eat and breathe and sleep. He just trained in Japan, and New Japan dojo created him. So one of them, I mean, he is definitely one of New Japan guy. He has a lot in store for him, I think, coming up. So we'll see. That was a great match. Ishii looked fantastic, and that was part of that bigger story. It wasn't even upset, you know. It was. Uh, Ishii won that match with his signature brain buster suplex thing, you know, and he won won it like a sure thing. 
how did you feel after that? Or how did you gauge the crowd? Did they feel like kind of, it feels like a relief, like satisfying feeling at the end of that. Yeah. Um, it's when you have a big show, like a small palace in show main event should have clean finish to send people home happy. Mm. And uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was like a, Pretty fulfilling and, uh, yeah, satisfying, I think. Could you ever see a heel winning the G1 like Jay White? Um, well, yes and no, because when, uh, like, a G1 back in 94, I believe, Masahiro Chono turned heel right after the match and became That's black costume nice. guy. Okay. 95, 94? Yeah. 94, yeah. one, two, three. 94, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's really amazing. It's, they call it G130, right? Mm -hmm. They've been doing this tournament for 30 years or 30 times since 1991. It's crazy. Yeah, single, single tournament is a big thing in Japan. They always have two values. Championship, you know, like IWGP, title matches and champions and challengers. But every spring, oh, well, this time it was like because of COVID, we did that in, in, in this October tour for the first time. But single tournament and championship. So they got two different values. Equal. Actually, that's you mentioned it as a side. It's a little bit of a different topic. But right before we were talking about the change uh, that COVID had to do with these venues, these shows. Yeah, you said the match seemed a little shorter, but it's also because of COVID too. Mm -hmm. That uh, not just small palace, but the Korakan Hall, any venue, they want everybody out of the building at least hour, the, the one hour before their normal time. The, they, the building staff all come in and clean up and sanitize the entire place before and after the you know, show. They have to do it every night. They want you out of the building, you know, one hour prior to your normal time. So what time would you say staff of the event would be out of the venue within two hours? Yeah, yeah. Wow. The Korakens the same way too. They want you out of the building. So all the shows over like 8.45. It used to be like until like 9.30, right? Right, night. yeah. Yeah. But you're not supposed to notice the, those things. Well, I mean, we notice them. Carlos and I, we're, that's our kind of a job. So we, we're, yeah, being, yeah, right. It's a crazy job, but still. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, um, yeah, because you would think G1 Climax single matches, every single match is an important thing. They work like a main event, they all bring in their A game. And single match normally lasts, what, 20 to 25 minutes, 30 minutes sometimes? Yeah. But now this is this tournament this year alone. Just I think they had to design it a little shorter than that. You know, each matches. That's why it's twelve minutes. Yeah, and and the one thing that you know Justin and I were talking a lot, especially early on, is the fact that unlike past G ones, it didn't have that like first hour where there was nothing but you know, eight man tag team matches like a lot right, less right. filler. Like all the non tournament matches were just the same triangle you know group of young yeah, lions yeah, wrestling right. each other at one point variety yeah yeah a little bit of because everybody wants to be on it yeah so when you look at 
that type of show where it's only like an hour, 20 minutes of like bell to bell wrestling and like two and a half hours total. Yeah. Is that something that you kind of, you know, look at it and think that that would say, you know, a better show to sort of take in, you know, just have the, the important matches and maybe one or two matches where just filler or just variety. Yeah. I guess there are two ways to look at it. Um, um, Right, just like you said, it's a sumo palace or like a sumo palace show or Budokan shows that you want to have three hour, sometimes four hour shows, everybody on it, everybody on the roster, like 45 guys working, you know, and uh, get your money's worth. But this time they have this G1 single match important tournament aura to it. So every single match is like an important single match. So they just line that up. Yeah, well, I guess you have to attend all three nights, I guess, this time. Because, like, last night, it was A-block show, right? All tournament match. So none of the B-block guy worked, including people like Tanahashi, the Naito, the, you know, Sanada, Kenta, the, you know, Evo. None of those guys were even on the card, you know? And uh, it felt like you have Raw show and SmackDown show back-to-back. Or something. It did kind of feel like it's like two separate brands where the almost, a, or like the almost. A block had like the bigger stars or at least you know the better quality matches. And then the B block you had, you know, you had evil and then you had your your double champion, then you have your you know variety with Toriano and Sonata and guys like that. But you still have Naito and Tanahashi. Yes, big, big, big big yeah. name still. Like both shows were. And both blocks are really, really good for different reasons. Like the A block, mm-hmm. I think, had maybe the better matches collectively, but the B block still had a great number of stars, a great number of unique matches. And I know Justin and I have butted heads a little bit on this, but I thought the Toriano matches in the B block this year have been really, really good and really funny. <laughs> think so? I, I feel like I'm now in the minority. Well, like, yeah, people that. have different opinions on Toriano. You know, he's like a wild card in your card game that uh, he is not, I mean, people are not supposed to believe he's going to win the tournament, you know, and I know, but he's the one who would make a, who would make change in points because he will have fluke win one or two, you know, that'll he's change the whole score of it. Joker. Yes. Cause he could beat Tanahashi. He might beat Naito cheating, you know, that'll change the whole, you know, the whole drama of it. Yep. He, he beat, he beat Sonata and you look at now where Sonata is like that win over Toriano that could potentially have ruined Sonata's <laughs> chances of yeah, advancing 10, to the 10 points and 12 points difference things. Yes. So Yano has important roles. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it, it makes sure that like all the matches, you know, have some sort of importance or like it, it gives an unpredictable vibe to it. all. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, you know, like uh, that the A, you know, A block has more stars than B block. This and that is, I think New Japan want you to think they're all equally important superstars. Like with they WWE call every single wrestler WWE superstars, right? New mm-hmm. Japan have very similar mindset that these main roster guys are equally important or something like that. All right, let's take a break from the G1 cast to talk about Indeed, which is the number one job site in the world because it gets you the best people 
fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your own hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Right now, go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. So talking about how the matches have been shorter, how the format's yeah, been changed. From, yeah, I think that in some of these matches, they've been forced to, it can't go 20 minutes. They can't go 25 minutes. They might have to do something a little more creative. And I thought last night, Ibushi and Taichi had hands down the most creative match of the G1. Just I've never kicking. seen a match like this. Yeah, Just kicking. Yep. 17 yeah, minutes of kicking. Somebody counted 100, you know, over 160 kickings. Oh my I God. say, yeah, 160. Yeah, is the yeah, they're calling that. it. So, yeah, very interesting. So, how were people reacting live? What, what it was, was obvious uh, that the people sensed that uh, through this this year's G1 tournament, they're elevating Tai Chi to the more main event level. Yes. And, and Tai Chi, and normally Tai Chi against Ibushi, people will, you know, understand that yes Ibushi obviously is, is bigger star than Taichi of course but they had very even match equal you know even match like they're you know they're in the same level kind of thing yeah and it looked like Carlos did you notice what on camera that when they would zoom in on Kota Ibushi it almost looked like he had tears in his eyes at points he was so intense and he was really really it seemed like a really giving performance like this was a as much about Tai Chi as it was about Ibushi. Oh, it's a, tai yeah, yeah. Tai Chi's turning point. Yeah. Carlos, did you see that? Yeah, I mean, for the Kota Ibushi has kind of felt like a more intense version in like in recent weeks because I kind of sort of saw the same thing when he was facing off against Minoru Suzuki. Oh, like, it was like just a different Bruce look in intensity in Ibushi. Like, and I said this, like Ibushi versus Suzuki had an absolutely phenomenal match just because it had like a real fight feel to it. You weren't just watching pro wrestling. You were watching like a legit fight. And I think that's a testament to both Ibushi and Suzuki. And, and yeah, and, and Fumi, and to your credit, I think you'll bring up a really good point about Tai Chi sort of getting elevated. It does feel like this G1, a couple of guys yeah have kind of sort of been elevated a little bit more, whether it be, you know, because of the pandemic or it was the plan. Well, actually, long, that's like, what, actually, one of the characteristics of G1, believe it or not, Masa Chono wasn't as big a star until he won G1 Climax tournament. Yeah. And, and how, and just kind of quickly going through the B block, like Yoshihashi was another guy who, you know, wasn't really 
someone on, on people's radars, but he's been having some good match and has been competitive on a lot of guys. And I think that he's another case like Taichi, who has been elevated a little bit with, you know, by having these types of matches in the G1, you know, disregarding his win-loss record. I think the important thing was just putting him at a more even playing field with some of the bigger stars. And Taichi, I think, has excelled in this in this G1. Yeah, because this is their chance. Only time in year that you will have single match one you know against one another or round robin. Every single wrestler will have a single match with everybody else. So it'll showcase the whole ranking of them, you know. Now I'm just saying, like, you yeah. know, now kind of going flipping the script a little bit on, on Ibushi, he's now in his what third straight G1 finals. Uh, I'll I'm very curious to see what they do yeah. with Ibushi because the whole story with Ibushi this entire G1 has been he's been wanting to elevate himself into being God, into being Kami uh, of New Japan. And he's kind of like with the match against Taichi, like with the match against Suzuki, like you're seeing like a more serious and a I don't want to say like a mean streak, but it does feel like a different intensity and different energy and aura with Ibushi nowadays. Yeah, serious main event guy. So he's a, a New Japan guy now, fully. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So that, I mean, is that the reason? Would you say that's one of the big reasons for this mega push that he's gotten, this quote-unquote godlike push? Because he's full-time that under contract guy? Yeah, because before he seemed like an outsider, kind of a guest guy. Like at the Tokyo Dome when he came in, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, he had that match. That, that was a huge match. Yeah, because he still was part of DDT and he... He wanted to have, you know, serious match sometimes, sometimes funny match, sometimes real goofy matches. And uh, he works like a video game and all those things. But now it's his single focused, yeah, like a champion caliber type of guy. And see, if you see a New Japan posters, you know, G1, uh, for instance, G1 tour, big poster, they put up five guys printed. You know, Ibushi, the Naito, Evo, uh, Tanahashi, and I remember like five guys. Okada. That, yeah, that will tell you these are the five guys that the New Japan think are the main guys. Top five. <laughs> Do you think Taichi will end up in that top five? Oh, no, not yet. Not yet. It'll take a year or two, you know for people to accept him. He hasn't even challenged any single title in championship yet. And he has to break away from like those factions. And also maybe he may have to drop the female valet things and, you know, just you got to evolve a little bit, you know, just like evil, you know, you, you're going to leave the current faction to, to be on your own. They'll give you a long storyline to go with it. So it seems like Tai Chi is on a different path from now. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Yeah. After the right G1. underneath that top five guy. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Tai Chi and Sanada. Those two. Yeah. There you go. They, they've already you know, elevated Evo this year and last year. They're functional. They're functional players in the New Japan pool. So yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's beneficial for, for the company and you get good matches too. So we'll see. 
I'm, 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 I turned the corner on Tai Chi, especially that's kind of, you know, really? to, well, I think we were finally able to see what he can do, what he can do really and well. Also Tai Chi has his like natural storylines, you know, he came out of dark age yeah. of professional wrestling. Remember yes. like 2004, 2005, 2006, Japanese wrestling almost went down. And he's from there. He's Kawada's boy. Yeah. And he, well, when, when K1, the pride and big MMA booming and professional wrestlers were recruited into those big MMA shows, uh, New Year's Eve every night and professional wrestlers lost a lot, you know, and then the casual wrestling fan scratched their head. It's okay. If they have real fight, it's going to look like this. And it's, it was a real bad time for wrestling, 2005, 2006. Wrestling magazines are going out of business. Weekly Fight went out of business. The Gong magazine went out of business. The magazine I worked for, Weekly Pro Wrestling, baseball magazine, almost went down and we changed structure. Uh, we got the huge pay cut. If you want to leave, leave. If you want to stay with pay cut, I did. Um, you stay with and you can stay with magazine. And it just it was a real bad time for wrestling. That's when Taichi started. He started out with all Japan. He was Toshiaki Kawada's protege. Did you notice? Did you notice the, that the stretching thing mm. even Taichi was doing right before the match? That's Kawada's signature stretch. He he usually rolls out to the floor and walks around at the beginning and does the heel thing, but he no standing. No, nope. he was just stretching he his legs. That. That's Kawada's pose. Yeah, I remember <laughs> from Virtual Pro Wrestling too. If you hit the uh, joystick, <laughs> that it would be the uh, taunt. Yeah, so those, you have to notice those little hints in the ring. Very subtle. Very subtle. yeah, very subtle. subtle but uh, Japanese wrestling don't have much of a promo mic work or the huge storyline or anything like that. But the day will give you those little hints in the ring. It, it's hard. He has his, a very distinct personality compared to everybody else. And it feels like mm, the, the singing uh, and just what he says recently, the more and more, he's quite funny on a commentary or promos. Yeah. Almost hokey, but yeah, mm, the singing, the, the singing uh, and just what he says recently, the more and more, he's quite funny on a commentary or promos. He's just a good uh, uh, shit talker. More or less. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's uh, resonate, or it's um, registering more with 2020's crowd. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, he has to be heel. Yeah. Or like a cool heel. Who knows? I guess so, yeah. But the funny thing, you know, this guy, he's already 40 years old, you know? Really? And he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't move yeah. like he's 40 years old. He still moves like a guy in his early 30s. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I, I think part of it comes has to do with the fact that He's in a division where he can have better matches and can wrestle to his full extent because I've always thought Tai Chi did not fit in well with the current crop of junior heavyweights when he was wrestling in that division back then. But a little bit heavier, yeah. But you have to be well conditioned. Yeah, all of them, all of them are. And he looked great. Some of his timing and the Osprey and the Ibushi matches were was very impressive. Very impressive. Yeah, yeah. So the main event we talked about. We were talking about Ishii against Jay White, and then we were already talking about Ibushi against Taichi. Those are the two main events. But all the G1 tournament matches are main event. You have to consider those are all main main events. Feels exhausting after after three days. Yeah, because <laughs> Okada and Will Osprey main event any day, any night. 
And they also ran angle. And they weren't even the semi main, which just goes to show how deep, you know, yeah, the, the roster is. is. The whole roster is like loaded. Like the A block alone, you can make like eight different main events and yeah. it'd be like a main event than anywhere else in Japan. Yeah, it's like that's G1. You know, like, like when you hear Minoru Suzuki against Shingo Takagi, oh, I want to watch it, right? What's going to happen? And uh, yeah, those things. It looked like a main event to me, you know? So, Fumi, can you tell us what was the reaction to Osprey's upset win and kind of, he's a heel turn. He's a heel now. Heel turn, yeah, basically, yes. And also, he's forming a new faction or new unit, we call it, that uh, with um, uh, Great Okan. Great Okan. uh, Yeah, returning formally... Young Lion Okada, uh, you know. O- but, Oka? Uh, Tomoyuki Oka? Oka, yeah. Tom- yeah. Tomoyuki, Tomoyuki Oka. And, and who, who went to UK and spent a year there. And then he grew his hair and, and then he became like a Mongolian. in his new gimmick, heel. He, he dressed up like Killer Khan. And, and, and then they, um, they hinted the link, right, that uh, Osprey's from, you know, UK and... Oka spent time in in Britain. They must have had a meeting over there or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, Greta Karn is, uh, you know, Ref Pro Tag Team Champions with Barry Brown and Osprey's the undisputed, you know, undisputed British heavyweight champion. So there's already like Link. a little deeper connection. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's a believable storyline that uh, they'll form, a, you know, they'll form a new tag team or the new team. And also, B. Priestley um, openly will Osprey's girlfriend, and they both live in Japan. And uh, yeah, and also Stardom Star. The the one thing that I and I don't know if I'm overthinking this, but it but it's very curious because you don't see you know a lot of female wrestlers having a role in New Japan. But given that B is from Stardom, and both Stardom and New Japan or their parent Under company is Bushi Road. Yeah, it, it, it kind of felt like it's not completely opening the door, but it's like taking that little baby step to sort of introducing kind of like not necessarily collaboration, but creating a link between New Japan and stardom. It, did it kind of feel like that to you? Um, yeah, let, but let's not lead, you know, read too deep into it. And let's leave it at Will Ospreay and, and B Priestley thing for now, because you when you create a new storyline, you really have to have a believable, you know, theme. And there's a reason that Will Osprey and B Priestley will be together in one ring, but they're they're you know openly you know famous couple, you know, and, and uh, people can believe in it. And the, you have to have reason for stardom stars to come into New Japan. They won't just start doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, and that's kind of been more or less the theme on the ship between Justin and I, is trying to ask ourselves, are we reading a little bit too much into Yeah, things, at but, this uh, point, yeah. Because Stardom is a popular company, and they have pretty healthy, big roster now, and they're the most popular female group, you know, company. And uh, I don't see any good reason that they work together at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is B Priestley wrestling on tomorrow's show? Yeah. 
Okay, so she's going. Do you feel like we're going to see her regularly with New Japan and Will Ospreay, or is it just kind of be like only on the big shows? Is she working? Is this something between Bushi Road and the the sub company that's running uh, Stardom? Well, actually, Ospreay comes to Stardom show and watch, you know, watch the show, but never appear in front of the audience. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, there has to be a storyline that the, you know, to make links. So uh, at this point, only Will Ospreay and B. Priestley. And I don't think Will Ospreay will appear tomorrow's show. Do you feel like there'll be any more uh, people added to this group, this faction? Uh, you mean the great Okan and Will Ospreay? Yes. Yeah. At this point, tag team, you know, but probably another wrestler from UK. I see. Or Shoto Umino is done. Is uh, went to right, the UK. Right, he might come back and join. Yes, lots of different. There's reason for it that you can believe in. And next we had a rematch, rubber match between Shingo Takagi and Minoru Suzuki. Takagi gets the win, though. Yeah, though Suzuki uh, still has a never title. Uh, Carlos, what was your thoughts on this compared to the Jingu Stadium match? I mean, I love this match. I think that this match really, once again, highlights, you know, just how great both of these guys are. And I don't want to say like I was a little bit surprised at at Shingo winning, but I think this was a nice way to sort of, you know, end the G1 on a more positive note. Because Miro Suzuki at this point, like he doesn't necessarily need to win. win. Yeah. And. And you can never go wrong with both of these guys, uh, you know, together in the ring. And as always, you know, sometimes G1, you need to set up, you know, short-term title feuds until we get to Wrestle Kingdom. And I really can't see why they wouldn't run Shingo versus Suzuki again at Power Struggle. Oh, they will. I'm pretty sure because they hinted it strongly. Holding a never championship title and then stare at each other. And so they will have third meeting. Yeah, it's a program. And yeah. you it's, see the invisible to be continued sign on screen. Fumi, do you think Minoru Suzuki will ever retire? <laughs> <laughs> I hope uh, not. I, uh, probably he'll retire when he cannot work like Minoru Suzuki. But he's, you know? he looks great. He's so healthy right now. I feel like he can go for yeah, 20 years. Yeah. I mean, he looks different. Like- or he'll continue wrestling. Like Fujiwara, you know, yeah. until he's really old. Because we have to remember that it, it, 95, I think Terry Funk was around 52 when he was in Japan. He looked much different. I mean, he was. Yeah, but he had another run. Yes. So I, I think uh, Suzuki, we're never going to be rid of him, so to speak. Yeah, Suzuki is like, uh, he, he's like a life drama in wrestling, you know. New Japan Young Lion switch to UWF. UWF, you know, was more like a pioneer of M- like almost like MMA style professional wrestling. And uh, back in the 90s, people believed that UWF was going to change wrestling into legitimate contests, which they didn't. But uh, people really believed that uh, uh, UWF was going to change wrestling, you know, the very historical moment. Then UWF group, you know, split into three groups. Akira Maeda's rings, which became MMA at the end. 
and Nobuhiko Takada's UWF International, you know, UWFI, you call it, uh, they, they went back to more traditional pro- professional wrestling. Then Fujiwara Gumi, then Masakatsu Funaki and Minoru Suzuki broke off from Fujiwara Gumi and created Pancras. Then Pancras was legitimate, you know, like a shoot pro wrestling. And later on became, it still exists, you know, but it's strictly MMA company. So this is like, then Minoru Suzuki himself came back to traditional pro wrestling that the people's been following him for 30 years. You know, never disappointed people. You know, he is what he is. And uh, people believe in Minoru Suzuki. So we're going to witness the end of them all the way till the end. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think we have a long time of Suzuki ahead of us. That's okay. Yeah, until he's, uh, he, you grow old. You know, you grow old with him. Oh, God. I, I wish I could just grow old. I wish I can, you know, grow as gracefully as Suzuki does because he's in his <laughs> 30s and Great shape, huh? It, he's an unbelievable shape. Like he moves like like he's 15 years younger, which is like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that seems to be kind of like a running theme in pro wrestling. Like there are several guys in their late 40s, early 50s who are turning back the clock and just wrestling at a high level. Like if I guess like a really side note, like an AEW, like Dustin Rose also in his 50s and he's wrestling really, really well. Yeah. It all depends on your, uh, I guess, the discipline and the mentality and how you discipline yourself. And uh, Suzuki's the type of person that uh, he cannot let himself get fat, you know, just he will have to remain being Minoru Suzuki, you know, and very strict. He's always training and Takagi is a, a trainaholic too in a different way. Uh, how yeah, is Takagi? Different school of wrestling. He came from Dragon Gate, Japanese version of Lucha Libre, you know? Hmm. And, uh, but he doesn't wrestle like uh, the um, a lot of the other Dragon Gate wrestlers when, when right. Dragon Gate comes to your mind. Right. And when he w- walked away from like, a, like, uh, like your, you know, uh, like a nest, you know? Everybody pretty much work alike, huh? Uh, from the, the Dragon Gate, you know, the same size guys doing a Japanese version of Lucha Libre and basically mm-hmm. lots of six-man tag team, all flying and high spot. And high spot doesn't, I mean, things that doesn't make much sense because I, I sometimes think it's, a, hey, it's way too choreographed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, Shingo Takagi was like when, what I call a... Um, Jonathan, you know, the, the Livingstone Seagull, that you have to leave the nest because you're so talented. Mm. And how has the New Japan crowd, um, I mean, he seems like he's very popular, but in your opinion, how are they taking to him over the past two years? Um, I think it works better if he looked like an outsider. You know, not New Japan grown, but the, he was star elsewhere. And he joined New Japan. So it's like outsider. That gives him different aura, which is good. And, and not only that, it almost felt like I remember when he had his first Wrestle Kingdom match in 2019 when he first joined New Japan. Like the crowd was very much into Shingo. And he's and by that point he was only in New Japan for a few months and he was instantly beloved by everyone. And I was a big fan of him when he was in Dragon Gate, and, and I'm really, really happy that 
the New Japan faithful and, and management for, for that matter, kind of seem to have, you know, start believing in Shingo as an, as a guy you can put in main event matches and perform admirably well. I mean, the match yeah. against Okada was one of the few one of the best. That who became star in different company. You know, it's, it's kind of like, like a foreign star almost. Coming from different companies, very important, you know? Hmm. So we have Takagi beating Suzuki and convincingly. The first very convincingly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Suzuki, Suzuki's facials and his performance after the match, he freaks out when he loses, just like last night. Right. Then he smiles a little bit. I still have the title. Evil yeah. smile. Yeah. And to be continued. It's almost always enjoyable. So if you haven't watched it, go out of your way and check those out because yeah, yeah. everything was good last night. All right, one last break before we get you back to the G1 cast. Bet online. Bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. MLB playoffs, the uh, the ALCS and the NLCS are currently happening. Both series are getting close, especially with uh, the Astros tying it up there after being down 3-0. So it is really a big time in baseball season right now. And of course, as always, the NFL on the weekend. And then there's another, I think there's another two games on Monday night. So from game spread and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anyone else. You'll get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship features all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE on betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all in one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And the first match we had, Yujiro got his first win. Yujiro Takahashi defeated Jeff Cobb. And Fumi, we were talking about uh, Yujiro's, he actually has quite an amateur background. Yes, but he didn't, yes. We didn't see it with Jeff Cobb, who's also an Olympian oh, wrestler. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, can you tell us more about Yujiro's background? Yujiro was like one of the main prospects when, when he was young lion. He was sent to Mexico right away and, uh, you know, when you send young, you know, young lion and the rookies out to be on your, you know, be on your own and go to different country and you know become star, that uh, he was one of them. But now that the, like you're not alone on this one, that Yujiro doesn't really show his fire, right? Hmm. Not much uh, uh, facial expression. I mean, he's there and nothing's bad. Nothing bad. He always turns in a good performance. It's just, it's hard to connect in any way with that kind of heel. It's an old school heel. So I compare him with people like El Samurai from 90s. Yeah. They really, it depends on the other person in the ring with them on how good the match is, I think. Well, he he wasn't, you know, he hasn't been given the chance either. You know, he's always been part of the Bullet Club, you know, Bullet Club thing. It's like he's like one of the faces in NWO or something, you know, that uh, if he's given a single program, he can prove it to you that he's equally talented. 
He just doesn't have much fire as other guys, you know, because everybody else in New Japan is like, rah, right? So it's just like the full of energy, you know? He might need that. But then again, that's not Yujiro. Well, how about that? Uh, the recent program he had with Okada. I mean, I caught a couple of those matches, and I feel right. like if you if you yeah, can, that'll tell you Kazuchika Okada has respect for him. How so? Well, he's uh, he's a Yujiro Takashi is a tough guy in dojo situation. I see. So he kind of almost gave yeah, him that like kind of program. Yeah, because it's a different stage. The tough guys and and the real well conditioned guy at dojo situation. And another, you know, aspect of wrestling, you have to shine as a star in that ring in front of the audience. It's almost two different things in, in New Japan. So it's kind of like if you're a, if you're a judo player and you are really good at your judo practice, but when it comes to the monthly match, you never win your match. Is it kind of you like that? Also, have to have character, you know. That too. And, and the he, reason he was put in the Bullet Club early was that he needed that that color, you know. Uh, but I don't know if he has it. We'll see. We'll see. You know, the, the reason the, the, there's a reason he has a blonde hair. They he needs that. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It almost just feels that like he just a face in Bullet Club because he's never he hasn't really done a, a whole lot. And granted, like even before Bullet Club. I mean, people forget Yujiro was a guy who would occasionally have, you know, singles programs. And he challenged Tanahashi for the IWGP heavyweight title a long time ago. Right. And, right. you know, he's had some good title reigns. Every Yeah. And go and yeah. stop and go and stop and, and go. And I think and part of the problem and, here is yeah. that I'm, I'm feeling to connect a little bit with Yujiro is that it's been so long since he's been in this type of position. You know, one thing that shocked me a lot was it. Yeah, he made yeah, his he drastic This change. was his first G1 since, I think, 2014, which, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, seven years. years, which is, yeah. is astounding. Right. Then he almost lost yeah. every single and match. I, and I, and there was part of me that went thinking, he's really going to lose every single match. And, yeah. And they beat Jeff Cobb. See, they have plans for Jeff Cobb. Yeah. They to know. me, Jeff Cobb can become big star mm-hmm. like Scott Norton was. Yeah, he does kind of bring out bring yeah. about that like Scott Norton vibe, and it, it Justin yeah. and I were talking about this last week, but it felt like compared to last year, Jeff Cobb has like finally found his footing in New Japan because yeah, like he's a guy that has so. now acclimated very well to the New Japan style. I think Kenta's another guy who I thought. Last year, still struggling a little bit to sort of shed off the WWE style and get back into yeah. the new Japan Japanese style. But Jeff Cobb's the guy who has done admirably in this G1 as far as, you know, the work rate and the match quality. I think it's gotten better as the tournament went on. Great athlete. Great athlete. Yep. Fumi, could you explain to everyone what gachimuchi means? Because huh? in in Japan, they, he always says it's gachimuchi time. And I don't know exactly how to translate that. Is it like beefcake or like a stud? Yeah, gachimuchi. I don't use that word, though. But uh, it might come from the, the sumo term, gachinko. Gachinko is like uh, it's a sound when, when the sumo wrestler yeah. collides in, in, in the middle of the sumo mat. Boom, like a gachi. 
Yeah, yeah, it makes sound gachinko. Oh. Yeah, it means cement or, or well, basically shoot, you know, kind of thing. Real impact, heavy impact. Yeah, yeah. They come from sound. Very good. Oh, and uh, the first match, Tsuji and Gabriel Kidd. What did you think of that? It was like uh, their their own young lion tournament. Uh, Yota Tsuji and Gabriel Kidd and the Yuya Kamimura. They're just having a match, single match, one against each other, all tour. And so they had their own young lion tournament kind of thing. It almost felt like a, like we called it like the unofficial C block of the G1 climax. Yeah, almost. Yeah, unofficial C block. Well put. Yeah, and Yota is this close from becoming somebody already. You know, he has a tremendous look. He has great size, yeah. and a lot of the stuff that he does great is size. is very well. You know, the spear I think is over. I think the the giant swing that he does that transitions into the Boston Crab, which he does so so well, yeah. is really really good and i think he does very well against a guy like gabriel kidd who is very intense and a guy who likes to res- wrestle a more physical style and i think that's something that yotasuji excels at as well and you just talked about gabriel kidd that in two year time he can be your next jay white you know yeah he it, and, and he and yeah. he's someone who didn't come in with like one or two years of experience. He spent a long time in the UK, like almost he had like an excursion's worth of experience even before heading to New Japan. And now he's getting integrated into that style. Like, and physically he looks like so much bigger and so much more impressive than before he went to New Japan because in um, before New Japan, he was like a scrawny little guy in the uk and like felt so out of place but now he looks he looks like a serious you know tough dude yeah stud yeah and also he has to be gone for like six months or so that he's gonna grow his hair a little long and comes back with new costume and new new character new gimmick like your switchblade kind of thing and uh when he comes back being erased once then comes back with star, you know, status. And next time, you know, when he has programmed, that Katsuyori Shibata will be in his corner, that the, he has a storyline, New Japan LA Dojo. I mean, first LA Dojo star in New Japan ring. There's, a, there's like a two different dojos, Noge Dojo in, in Tokyo, and now LA New Japan Dojo that the coach all those guys coached by Katsuyori Shibata and the guys that Shibata has been training has been has done exceptionally well I mean you look in the US Clark Connors and Carl Fredericks are guys that like has really started to come on their own oh they all be somebody yes oh they're so talented now that they're in the, in the hidden hidden with young lion costume you're supposed to be wearing just black tights and black shoes that's it no costume, no T-shirt, nothing. Black trunks and black tights. I mean, uh, black shoes. But when he comes, you be erased for five, six months uh, to a year. Then comes back as new costume, new ring name, new character, and you be put in in the program. That's a good system. Do you think that Tsuji will drop his young lions look soon? Yeah, yeah. Um, but he has to be gone for a while. 
that that's the difficult part yeah. about all this pandemic is that it's hard to really have a proper yeah, excursion because then, yeah. CMLL is struggling to do shows like their anniversary show got hurt a lot because they have several COVID-19 cases. The UK is slowly, very, very slowly getting back into things, but not at the point where you can just comfortably send a guy to excursion and then, you know, places like Ring of Honor. If they just started. could probably do that. Like, you know, you just disappear. From the, you know, from the from the show, you disappear from the show. You could be staying in New Japan Dojo and just keep training, but you need to be gone for a while. Then comes back new new gimmick. I think he's Brody. I think he's the new Bruiser Brody. He's, oh, Tsuji? He's got the, Japanese Brody. He's got, so he's got the the body slam, same style, jumping body press. Yeah. American football background. Yeah. Hair. Um, giant Japanese, he, just yeah. need, he just needs a giant beard to, to match. That's the only thing he's missing. So he goes away and comes back and he's like a Makabe number two or something. Could be better we'll than see. Makabe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you great. just have to so disappear. You have to be, you know, disappear and come back as a new person. Seems like it's important so that you can uh, stay in people's minds but you're not, you're not overexposed. You're fresh, but you're not overexposed either. Yeah, and, also, and you're more refined. You have to be missed. And it comes back as it's like, wow, we have new star. You know, it's, that's how they grow their roster, you know, but it didn't start now. You know, Keiji Muto, great Muta was gone, you know, then came back as a star. Chono, Kensuke Sasaki, Hashimoto, everybody did that. All the way back to Antonio Inoki, you know, it's like uh, Joseph Campbell, the uh, where, where the the hero has to leave his town, yeah, and then come back so that he can become the hero, right? I guess something yeah. like that, something like that, maybe. Yeah, tradition. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's the first A Block show, and then there's another show tonight. Yes. And and you're going to that one too. Yeah, yeah. The main event is Sonata against Evil. Yep, Sonata Evil in the main event, and. You know, like the Naito and Kenta, yeah, like those are the two matches that like really matter as far as who's going to advance to the B block finals. Because and, and you can right. reasonably get any book any of the three remaining to win, and it wouldn't be like a complete shock. Like Isanada's already got uh-huh. the win over Naito, and if he beats Evil, all he needs is Naito to lose. Like there's a lot of different scenarios, and none of them feel like they would be right. out of place. Right. Yeah, that's true. And also, Naito almost don't you know doesn't have to win this one. No, and, and it's so, against uh, Kenta. When you know, despite his win loss record, it's so he is someone that you can reasonably believe that you know can beat Naito. And the two share history. I mean, Kenta was Naito's first defense as a double champion, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yes. Fumi, is there anything that you'd like to, or that you're looking forward to seeing for the rest of the weekend, either at the B Block show or at Stardom? Is there anything that you're excited about? Uh, or oh, interested wow. in? I just, I just go and witness, you know, and I'll accept things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do so. you, do you anticipate anything? Do you anticipate any, any um, big well, angles being who, shot this know, weekend? How they, how they going to book this show, you know? 
And I, I'm thinking that the, that the tournament final for G1 would be, you know, Kota Ibushi against Evo. You know, I was thinking Naito. I oh Naito final. I, I was thinking Sonata, but that's because I'm a big Sonata fan. Not <laughs> it's great. We have three different opinions. That's great. <laughs> okay, so then we should explain. So uh, okay, I'll go first. Naito, I believe it just makes sense because of how he's been booked, because of his title reign, and because look, they're Ibushi and Naito. They're trying to create some kind of uh, symmetry, like a, a history between them. They wrestled at MSG. They wrestled at Tokyo Dome. They wrestled at G1 finals and they wrestle one more time at the Wrestle Kingdom where they st- whenever they started for the titles finally. And maybe that's when the the payoff finally happens for Naito or maybe not. I don't know, but I'm uh, I predict Naito. Okay. That's why. And who would like to share next? I would go with Evil this time. Evil. Okay, why do you choose Evil? Evil and Kota Ibushi should be, you know, the final of G1 tournament that they even, you know, elevate those to even more. And, and uh, Evil will become, or either way, Evil will become G1 winner. Ibushi will become G1 winner. Winner of G1 tournament should challenge IWGP title. Do you, do you believe that? Do you believe uh, okay. you challenge the heavyweight title or both titles? Uh, they're doing du- dual titles now as a storyline because it was all Naito's, you know, storyline to unite two belts. What's the point of having two heavyweight championship? IWGP heavy, you know, world heavyweight title, IWGP intercontinental title, and the they said it was equal, and then why have two titles? And then Naito united it so that the two titles thing should remain as a main storyline. Somebody carrying two belts, black belts and white belts. And uh, Evil winning uh, this G1 tournament, they will, you know, uh, they'll book Evil against Naito as a title match this fall or the Budokan show. They just really announced believe in evil. Th- yeah, they just announced Budokan show last night, you know. So for World Tag League? Uh yeah, but they have um they have junior heavyweight tournament and tag league simultaneously this year. Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting format that they're that they're doing. And I'm curious to see how they do the junior heavyweights because the you know prior to the G one you know they the junior heavyweight division was not that deep but that's because of the pandemic and guys wasn't weren't able to travel to Japan and then a couple of guys in Japan they weren't a hundred percent healthy so I'm curious how they do the the best of the super juniors this year right oh uh, the, they didn't plan on this because it's all co- you know COVID that wrestling is not really separate from the real society, yeah. you know, uh, the COVID is real and they have to go with it. And uh, they really changed the scheduling and everything, but they will have December 11th Budokan and uh, it will be the final of tag team tournament. And there will be a final for junior heavyweight top, uh, that the super, you know, that the uh, best of super junior tournament, they probably will have one title match. And that should be Evo against Naito. I don't know. Because you will have 
January 4th Tokyo Dome with or without, you know, audience. What we have to, you know, it has to do is what other sports do, you know, baseball and other sports. Are they going to put people in the, in the stand or not? You know, are they going to do the social distancing seating? I see. The, Wrestle Kingdom next year are not going to have those 50,000 people. No, not a chance. You know, obviously. It, it'll right. be like something close so, to uh, what, like, you know, 20,000, not even? Yeah, some people say one-fourth or one-fifth, you know, of the capacity. And, uh, yeah, it, it, they just have to go with what other sports do or what society asks you to do because wrestling is not completely independent from what's happening in the real world. No, I mean, I, I've been seeing some, you know, boxing shows at Corican Hall and it's, you know, it's similarly spaced out with social distancing where like you only have a, a few hundred people in, in the stands compared yeah. to, you know, four figures that Corican Hall can do. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what you have to do, you know, but they, New Japan is doing their best to run their live card. They just announced, you know, Nagoya Aichi show for November 15th and another big, big show in Osaka in November. Then they, then you have December Nippon Budokan show. That's huge. Then you'll have Tokyo Dome show the following month. You know, you will have to, you know, have this important enough lineup to, you know, have those, you know, big shows. There's a lot coming up. And speaking of Korokan, you said you're going to be at uh, Stardom's show tomorrow at Korokan. Yeah. It's, at, at, uh, tw- it's early, 12 o'clock? Yeah, noon show. Yep. Noon show. And it, w- do you remember what the main event is? I haven't caught up on Stardom oh, in quite a while. I uh, I never, you know, to be honest with you, I don't really check the lineup when I go mm. to Stardom. You, know? you I just, just check it out. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're, they're, they're just beginning, I believe, their... Um, their version of the world tag, right? The tag they're doing tournament. it now. Yes. They just yes. started that. Yeah, there is like very soon, like almost immediately after they just did the uh, the five star right. grand prix, which uh, Utamiha Yashishida right. won. Uh, they usually do this single tournament more some spring to summer. You know, they had to cancel all the, all those shows like for three months period this spring spring. You know, for the first pandemic, and uh, yeah. So, yeah, AJPW was another, you know, uh, another company that had their tournament moved and their singles tournament was probably impacted the most because all Japan's champion carnival, they, they only did 10 wrestlers on like six shows in like the span of like two weeks, which was really, really interesting and really weird to yeah. kind of see like a major tournament be done yeah, in such yeah. short order. But the, the, you have to look at the bright, you know, bright part of it that the bright side is that this fall, you know, September to you know October, that New Japan had G1, All Japan had Champion Carnival Tournament, Pro Wrestling Noir had the the N1. N, N, yeah, N Victory Tournament. So three important single match tournament happening all, all at the same time. And people paid attention to it. Did Dragon Gate do something too? Yeah. Oh, I feel I'm like, sorry, I wasn't paying much attention. I, f- I feel like I might have read something. They, they didn't have the, they didn't have the, 
the sing, uh, singles tournament or anything, but they did have like the, the big six way steel cage match. Okay. Well, there's a lot going on. There's a lot yeah. going on. Yeah. See, by having this champion for all Japan, by having this champion carnival this, you know, September to October, their all Japan t- television TV, it's called it this, you know, internet streaming service. They grew by thousands, mm. you know? Yeah, this really? this month alone, and uh, so it, it benefited them, you know. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. And we had some really great matches in the Champion Carnival. And even though I was wrong in predicting Jake Lee winning the tournament, I was not disappointed at all in Zeus yeah. winning the the whole tournament. Like the match he had against Kento Miyahara was really good. One of the best yeah. matches. It one of the my favorite matches of yeah, the year it was so really far. good. He saved, you know, he saved Jack Hammer until the end. And uh, yeah, he he beat Miyahara very convincingly. Fumi, you were there for that. Yeah, yeah. How was the uh, crowd reaction? How did they like it? it? What's so interesting is, though, that it, 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 I'm sure it overlaps, but the New Japan audience is much like WWE Universe, that New Japan fans, I call it New Japan World, they only follow... New Japan, most of it. Right. And all Japan fans are like a, your traditional wrestling fans, the kind of wrestling fans that followed the sport for decades, you know, and know, read it, watch everything, read everything, very knowledgeable and well-informed fans that it's really hard to convince these wrestling fans to a good match and believe it. And uh, all Japan has their own audience. It's growing now. Again, it's kind of different. See, New Japan, when you say New Japan, see, if you're a real older wrestling fan, when you say New Japan, you always think about people like Antonio Inoki, the Ricky Choshu, the Fujinami, right? Mm-hmm. And when you say old Japan, you think about Giant Baba, Jumbo Tsura, Tenru. If you're 90s fans, you think about Misawa, Kobashi, Kawada, you know what I'm saying? But the same logo, same old, it's not the same company, but the, they still call them all Japan pro wrestling. It's all new stars. You have Kento Miyahara, the Zeus, the Swama, the Shuji Ishikawa. The, all these guys are all today's star, you know? And uh, they, yeah, all Japan start having real loyal fan base for today's stars. What do you think it will take for all Japan to somehow become bigger number two yeah because they had to really restructure because of the the power they changed it's not it's not technically the all japan we think when we think of 90s all japan right right it's, it, it was akiyamas and now it's it's different now it's right it, it seems different from last year even so what do you think uh, that it, it takes or will take for them what do they need to do oh marketing of course mm. see on um, new japan company they have over 100 company employees, staff, you know, like like regular companies. Whereas All Japan Pro Wrestling, they only have, what, 10 guys working for the office altogether? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard, like, so it was somewhere between, like, 8 and 12 people. Yeah, in the office. Just working at that, which is amazing. It's amazing. Doing that everything. Able, those people were able, as small a team they are, that they've been able it to handle it you know, thrive relatively well, given the size of the people working. But you still need to hook up with a bigger advertising company, marketing people, you know, 
they should have a lot more merchandises, uh, more exposure, of course. If they got the, you know, healthy, good roster, you know, good enough roster to go with it, you know. It's just not marketed well enough. If I were AJP, uh, All Japan, I would go all in on putting Zeus out there as maybe your face of the company. Also, Kento Miyahara, because Zeus has such yeah, a yeah. unique... Yeah, they should be your Roman Reigns. And, yeah. yeah, Zeus has such a unique look. He's huge, but he moves very, very well for a guy of his size. And Kento Miyahara is maybe the, the best wrestler or worker in all Japan. Yeah. You, if you market your company and center it around those two guys, I think that, you know, it'll grow because those two guys are so yeah. good. Yeah. They, they, they are good wrestlers that you just have to market them as a star. You know, they should make more appearance on TVs and radios. No, radio. But you know what I'm saying? Exposure, you know, be on the, on other television or being on magazines and more interviews, more merchandise, all kinds of things, you know. Uh, just not enough people to do that, you know. I did see Miyahara is going to be on uh, some Fuji TV, kind of like a game show next Tuesday. Yeah. So I guess they're trying. It's, it does, from... For what I see, it seems like there's a shift, and I hope I hope it's okay for him because I really enjoyed a lot of the Champion Carnival, especially the main event, like we were talking about. They got a yeah. lot of new guys. The quality of wrestling is there, you know. Yeah, and it's quite different from what we like New Japan, for example. In the ring, it's pretty conservative to an extent. You're not going to see conservative, yes. Yeah, but it's just as intense and it's really smart, especially the like, I mean, watching Kento Miyahara match, it's a it's a roller coaster because he's doing a lot of things and it's hard to notice what he's doing. You really have to pay attention. And it's really, oh, okay. One thing I wanted to quickly touch on. So some people I talk to really don't like when Miyahara and Kyohei Wada uh, get into a fight in the match. That's kind (laughs) of, so I, I don't know how that... How is that uh, interpreted? Well, Kyohei Wada, the the senior referee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kyohei Wada is the only link that you believe this is all Japan pro wrestling. Not the only right. one, but the one of the very, you know, important factor that the, Kyohei Wada was a referee since 1973, and you know, Jan Baba, the Dory Funk, the the Mill Maskers, Stan Hansen, Brody. He was always there. And all the Misawa, Kawada, Kobashi, Taue matches, he was there, in there. And Kyohei Wada is one of the, you know, the, the same people that remind you of the glory days of all Japan. He's still there, the old guy. And for him, uh, to him, that Miyahara is still young guy, you know. And uh, yeah, they, yeah. So some, it's a kind of storyline. There's a lot of interesting stuff that they're doing, and it's it, it's done in a, a way that's not over the top. It's pretty simple. It's easy to follow, and there's a lot of good More conservative talent. wrestling, like you said. <clears throat> but All Japan fan base, you know, All Japan is supported by more loyal fan base, whereas New Japan is more casual fan base. Believe it or not, 
that New Japan fans, you know, they, when you talk to fans at the building, it's like, oh, I've been watching New Japan for a long time. So, oh, how long is it? Three years? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, well, as like someone who's, lives, who's been living in Puerto Rico for the majority of his life and is only 25, I will admit I've, I started watching New Japan with Wrestle Kingdom 8 in 2014. So okay. a little bit right. ahead of, the, uh, of some of those people that were only been watching for three years. <laughs> Yeah, but even and still. all Japan fans have been wrestling at least, you know, they've been watching, following wrestling at least 20, 25 years, 30 years, you know, all the fans. So, so before we wrap, is there anything we missed? So we had the, we talked about New Japan's show last night. Fumi's going to the one tomorrow and tonight and the stardom show tomorrow. You're gonna be very busy. And a pro wrestling North show that uh, and Noah. Noah. Yeah, at night at the Korakin because this uh, a friend of mine that Mohamed Yone's 25 year anniversary show and Yuki Shikawa and they they'll be doing a bachi bachi ballard style match in pro wrestling North ring. Is that at Korakin Hall as well? Yeah, yeah. Wow, are you are you gonna have time to eat lunch? <laughs> 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 yeah. I love Battler's style, you know, and uh, yeah. guys like Alexander Otska, all those guys are working. Diet Butcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Pro Wrestling Noir is more open to different style now, you know. They, you know, they're trying to revive Sakuraba, uh, you know, guys like uh, Kazuyuki Fujita. They're using Kendo, you know, Kashin, and, and it's like, wow. Those MMA, you know, pro wrestler, but who who done a lot of MMA, they, you know, they came back for traditional pro wrestling, and it gives different aura, you know. Yeah, it's a different kind of match. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like when you would watch uh, Kurt Angle or Brock Lesnar to an extent, they they had right, their own right. style. It was different, but it worked in pro wrestling. Yeah, because New Japan's completely today's superstars, like WWE roster now, you know. But it's a like uh, cutting edge, cutting it like the it's kind of like what's the standard what people kind of think of as the standard inside the ring top 40 hit songs yes. yeah 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 sure and, and that's not bad or good it's just what it no, is no that's no how it's it not is. bad some so people the, you know for all japan to be bigger they should be like a you know like a baseball's american league and national league you know you don't have to emulate what you know what new japan is doing all japan should really focus on what all japan should be doing and so far, so good. Yeah. Yeah, they need yeah, bigger it's, marketing. It's just a matter of kind of taking the ball and, do you know, and roll with it. Yeah, they still have Champion Carnival, real world tag team tournament. They have Triple Crown, you know, championship belts. And, and believe it or not, that the, they are, you know, for the tag team belts, they are still using the same physical championship belt for 50, you know, it's older than 50 years. The same physical championship belt, Jan Baba, the Antonio Inoki, the Brody, the Hanson, the Jumbo, the everybody held their sweat and blood in it. Same physical belt. And traditional wrestling fans love those things. Does that make sense? The yeah. artifact, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm curious, you know, Fumi, so obviously Japan, I think, has handled covid infinitely better than the United States. And, you know, I'm seeing, you know, you know, Japanese wrestling coming back with audiences, you know, obviously limited amounts, but, you know, things have kind of started to come back a little 
more normal. I'm, I'm watching these boxing shows that also been doing it in, you know, in front of crowds. How much of today's, you know, life and in sports in Japan have kind of been starting to look a little bit similar to how it was pre-COVID? Because it's starting, it, at least from from an outsider's perspective. It's still far from it, though. It, it's yeah. still far, but it does feel like it's progressing little by little, right? Yeah, and also it's, it, it's something to do with political thing, too, that some people are still trying to have Olympic next year. It's crazy. I'm against it. You know, I'm same here. Should, you know what I'm saying? 2020 Olympic postponed. And they, there's some politicians in Japan that is, they think is they're having Olympics summer of 2021. It is crazy. But they're using baseball and wrestling as an, as an example. If you see these, you know, live events like this, it can happen. And they're using baseball. They're using wrestling. Like, Look, they're doing this. And, uh, yeah. I don't want this to be scapegoat, but you know, but uh, yeah. And, yeah. And I think the issue comes when you invite people from other countries. I think that's when it really gets problematic because not right. every country is following, you know, the protocols as needed. Some protocols, countries have yeah. done very well, like Australia and New Zealand have done very well, but other countries, you know, have not. Their COVID-19 cases are still really, really high. And in the United States, the, somebody like Trump, it's like they're making fun of the mask, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And my girlfriend who works at a hospital analyzing COVID-19 tests is still like working almost around the clock, you know? Oh. Yeah. Things have not calmed down, you know, one bit over here. And over here, and I have this gut feeling that, the, you know, that the numbers are not necessarily real in Japan either. You know, it's actually the pandemic's bigger than what's on news, you know? Fumi, could you quickly talk about uh, a program going on called Go to Travel? Because I, oh gosh, so this have, is, yeah, it's hmm. almost yeah, it's really um, kind of irresponsible, uh, or I don't know. It's it, it's, it's almost it's, COVID is health, you know, health issue and medical issue, but it's always political issue that there's, there's a group of politicians that you have to move the economy too. And then and, and, and they're giving away all kinds of coupons, encouraging people to travel. It's crazy, right? Mm. And uh, that's how you, you know, create another pandemic. But uh, yeah, well, subways and trains are running regular, well, reduced, but still running. And People follow, you know, this is a packed subway. Everybody's wearing masks, but the risks are there, right? Right. So it's a different situation from the States because people drive in States, but in, in Japan, they travel on trains and public transportation, subways. Subways sound crazy, right? Hmm. Yeah. They're on top but, of each other. Yeah, but reduced. But then mm. also everybody's wearing masks. But yes. risk is still there. And not everybody had tests yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well. You have to wait just, and see. It's all real. It's all real. Yeah. It's real. We, we just have to, you know, it's good to talk about just to yeah, see what's going on. Yeah, and also we see things through wrestling too, you know? Of course. Yeah. Art, yeah. And if you we, know, art imitates life or the other way around yeah. sometimes. And then also wrestling world is yeah fantasy, of course, but it's not really independent from the real world either. 
and it exists in the real world. Yeah, so. yeah, and then they did. In fact, they changed all the schedules this year. You know, they're doing a reduced social distance seating and everything. It's everything's an experiment almost, and the wrestling's a part of it. Yep, they the he's doing the Thunderdome, you know, which they would never have done had it not been for the Yeah, pandemic. but it's it COVID sped the you know process, but uh, it, it's a, it looks like a, a new, near future thing that uh, COVID <laughs> or not, it will it would have had this Zoom audience kind of thing would happen sooner or later. <clears throat> It's a marking point, so it's hard to say right now yeah. where we'll be. So we just have to. Well, some people know. like love Thunderdome look. Some people hate it. You know, hmm. I start. I've gone. I've grown accustomed to it, so it doesn't bother me as much. But it was I like a little. It. Dis- it was a little distracting at first, but it mainly because it was how because of how different it was. But now I've I've gotten used to it. You know, I, I don't think it's necessarily yeah, a bad I got thing. Used to it. And also, like in WWE, you know, like a four or five months period, including WrestleMania this year, they were doing it at the Performance Center with no crowd. It looks like a studio match. It looks horrible, right? Yeah, and, and especially when during the time when they brought in wrestlers and to kind of simulate a crowd, but they, you know, but they're wrestlers on oh, the roster, the and it just Performance Center students, yeah, yeah trainees, yeah, it, ah, it looked bad, yeah, like it almost looked like you know who they were cheering, who they were booing, like it was just a or a, like WWE telling them what to do, like it never yeah, felt like organic, instructed. yeah. And to talk about the real world, you know, when you you know say um, like America's Got Talent mm-hmm. or something that uh, they have that uh, Zoom audience. <clears throat> And a lot of pop music stars doing a virtual audience too now that uh, it, it, it is a trend. There's a group, there's a, a, a group from Korea that's really popular in Japan right. called uh, BTS. Yeah. yeah. I just Toho read, Shinki. Yeah, Toho Shinki. Yeah. They made it. They're doing all the, it's pay-per-view. They're doing $45, $50 for pay-per-views. They got almost 900,000 something. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy numbers. So the, we're going to see what happens. I, I think with something like WWE, they're going to want something like the Thunderdome that suits their product. Whereas right. And New the Japan traditional is- pay-per-view will be gone, but the, they can charge money on your live streaming in, on the internet. Yeah. The, the whole market, it's going to, it's going to look different. Yeah. yeah. It's just everything shifting around. Same in Japan too. As yeah, with New Japan. Pretty much. Pretty much. New Japan with the with the shortened schedules and there's more studio matches happening and charging money on the internet. Yes, and big emphasis on merchandise sales. Yeah, that too. Yeah, so more the whole more. thing changed with with you know with COVID too. You know, yeah, it's changing. It's I think it's yeah, changing. Yes, probably will continue. So, I, I guess the story of it is just to kind of keep your eyes peeled and keep your ear to the floor. To see what happens. Yeah, so. yeah. Then we'll be the witness, first-hand mm-hmm. witness. Hey, before we wrap up, uh, Fumi, have you spoken with uh, Carrie or Jim recently, Jim Valley? Uh, Jim, yes. Um, I spoke with Carrie a couple of days ago that um, um, not speaking, but messages, uh, uh, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. he was moved from ICU to uh regular facility not still acute you know room but uh, 
yes, not in ICU intensive care unit anymore. That he's in a different room, and his cat visited. You know, uh, the Sherman. cat's name is Sherman. I saw. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she posted it. Yeah, and uh, making the progress. And uh, the part that uh, that his therapy starts in speech therapy, you know, and he has to, I guess, relearn all those things, you know, to to get back to normal. And uh, it'll take time, but uh, he's making progress. Yes, I have a faith. Yeah, same here. And I'm I'm really happy that there was so much support for Jim and the GoFundMe. You know, like it was like universal. Help! Like I'm right now looking at the yeah. GoFundMe. It's at forty nine thousand dollars right now. Yeah, yeah, it's good thing. Yeah. It, so we have faith in wrestling fans and wrestling people. You know, go to show we how we still much, have faith in people in general. Go to show how much people you know love Jim Valley and how and care. Yeah, and you know wrestling in general. Sometimes when a lot of sometimes wrestling fans get a bad rap unfairly, but in moments like these, it really shows like the true yes. character of wrestling and wrestling fans in general. Yeah. 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 And unity. Uh, how long have you known Jim? 15 years? Uh, 2007. Yeah. 13 years. Yes. 13 years. So it's been a while. Yeah. Um, it's funny that, uh, um, when he had a first trip or oh, it'll take a minute or two, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> he was just vacate, you know, in, you know, he came to Japan as a vacation. And he um, messaged Dave Meltzer, you know, is there anybody you can look up in Tokyo and hook up? And I said, you know, well, call up for me. And we got together, you know, and Meltzer didn't even tell me about it beforehand. (laughs) (laughs) It's usually very busy around those times. (laughs) But uh, we got together and uh, took him to, you know, I drove him around and, you you know, this you know showed Tokyo Dome, the Budokan, the, the took him to Rivera Steakhouse, and then we did all this wrestling Tokyo tour. <laughs> and then eventually you, you had the podcast together on uh, yeah on the yeah. Observer site Pacific Rim, which everybody first can... we did that that the free site called Podbeam, yeah, and, which is uh, still up. Yeah, yeah, all free show. So I want people to listen to our archives. Yeah. We're going to put the link in the show notes so everybody that's listening, you can just... And also, yeah, put the link on this very show too so people from Japan can listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And I I say to someone who's been listening to the show, you know, to the Pacific Rim podcast, it is an excellent show. And I I don't think there's any manner that I've learned more about Japanese wrestling than (laughs) from listening to you guys. And I genuinely mean that, like... I, anytime you guys are on any other platform, I even, I, I try my best to do search it out. I remember when you and Jim did a Thank Chris you. Jericho podcast and I was so enthralled uh, by you guys talking about the, uh, the, the Island, the Island death match Inoki and death talking match. about, yeah. uh, Inoki versus Muhammad Ali. Like that, like I was just right. loving that kind of stuff. Oh, great. Thank you. I think I, I'm sorry to kiss your ass some more, Fumi, but um, <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> no, I I think just just so it's like out on the air. It's like I think at least in the English speaking world, 
there's a very high, high level of respect for Fumi. I think that you should know that you're making me uh, blush. Yeah, well, it's okay that we're on a podcast. That's okay. Well, you know. yeah, well, and then Justin, you and I sat down and, uh, you know, we sat down in, you know, a Japanese restaurant for three hours. All we did was just talk about wrestling. <laughs> you know? Yeah. In the Chinese place. Yeah. Right. Chinese restaurant we went to. All we did was just wrestling, wrestling. Oh, wrestling. yeah, we talked about guitar a little bit, but. Uh, and uh, I had to ask the lady to turn the, the fan on or some fan off or something like that. I don't know. It was good. Right. Sudo is fun. I mean, that's one thing I miss because we're, we're, we're. Yeah, it's crazy. The circumstances. Area. We're Dome, stuck where we are. It's not a wrestling building. It's a home of giants, you know, baseball place. Yeah. yeah and and Korakan wasn't wrestling. The, when they opened Korakan Hall back in 1967, it was made for boxing. Yeah. Carlos? Yeah. yeah, yeah, they still do the. Yeah, um, Hall is actually boxing building. Yep, they just did a. I remember they did a show last week, and they had this uh, really, really good boxer in the main event, um, Hiroaki Toshigawara, who is one of the. What a weight! Uh, 122 pounds, a super bantamweight, who is, in my opinion, okay. one of the more underrated boxers at that weight class today. Like, I genuinely do think he's capable of, you know getting it on and fighting with some of the best fighters in the world at that weight class. Oh, okay. Very good. Very good. I think one day we'll all have to go to Corican together for a boxing match. Yeah, <laughs> we all should. Yeah. 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 I, I'm telling you, those Corican Hall shows are very fun, especially when they have the, uh, the Japanese national titles on the line in the main events. Those okay. are always, always fun. I mean, I just hope to go to Japan one day. I mean, I'm, I'm still oh, young. Please, I'm only, I'm only 25. So that, that is the, that is the dream one day. Mm-hmm. Please come. <laughs> well, I'll meet up. Everybody yeah. else that's listening can come as well. <laughs> that's why we have to, you know, just hope this COVID thing will make, you know, um, progress or, or maybe we'll learn to live with it. It's not going to be gone for, I mean, like, It'll stay for a while, it looks like. Yeah. But, we uh, have to learn how to live with each other. Yeah, you know, we're on, we're yeah. on the same ship. It doesn't matter yeah, what you think. Yeah. And it's going down. So, you know, One get, aspect, get it together. About it, right? Yeah, so we have to get it together or that's it. There's no choice. It's, it's, like it's not political. Blade Runner world almost. Oh, you're tell- I showed you the pictures I, I sent you, right? Yeah. The, uh, like, that's real. That's outside of my freaking apartment. Oh, don't. Whew. Yeah, it, all worked it, up already. It, it, the Shinjuku district of Tokyo always looks like Blade Runner world, you know? And, you know, when I was there last year, I don't know if it was just me, but I noticed more people. I think there were you know, police were harassing people more down in those areas, Shinjuku. Yeah. You just, you just see it more of it, but that could have been just like it was what, what the Part time of the town, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Not like it was that different, but it's something that I noticed that I felt like it was right, different from right. before. But I'm just hoping that uh, you start traveling again, <laughs> you know? Well, you know, I guess it's not really up to for, to us. It's kind right, of up to right. what's going on. And we're all um, sitting. We have to kind of wait for another couple of weeks to see what happens with uh, with. Yeah, because um, I myself used to come back to the States like three or four times a year just for a week even, you know, but I haven't, I haven't gone any place all year. You even wrote a book about coming to the States during Christmas time, right? Yeah, Season- it's called Season's Greetings. Yeah. I want to. I'd like to read an English version someday. But could you tell us a little, just what it's uh, about? That was my Christmas trip. You know, like 
traveling around states and visiting my friends. You know, went back to Minnesota and had time with Hawk, Mike Hegstrand, Road Warrior Hawk. And I went to Sean Waltzman's, you know, Xbox house um, that hooked up again with my old friend Medusa and went down to, you know, oh, and also spent time with Reggie Bennett and went down to Florida and, and visited Coral Gotch and those stories. Oh. Yeah. Christmas story. Is Meet my you... God, Coral Gotch, you know? <laughs> you did the documentary with him then. Yeah, that too. Yeah, but I, he was my hero. You know, fourth grade, you know, I watched Coral Gotch against Billy Robinson. Fifth grade, I went to Old Samoa Palace and watched Coral Gotch against Inoki. And following year, there was a tag team, uh, Inoki, Seiji Sakaguchi against Coral Gotch and Luthes. I've watched all those things growing up, you know. Then, then, then Coral Gotch was one of those, my heroes that, who never disappointed me. You know, sometimes, you know, you grew up watching some of the superstars and later on you actually meet in person. And sometimes you have a little bit of a disappointment. I'm sorry, you know, but Coral Gotch was the person, exactly the person I always imagined. I mean, he just, everything that come out of his mouth was like your, like your, your like, like your, Quote, you know, you have to like practice what you preach. Quotable, yeah. Yeah, practice what you preach or, you know, like what's old is new, what's new is old. You know, just all those things. I I should have taken notes, you know. I mean, I did too, but uh, not everything. Why I do have audio tapes though. Oh, really? I do have audio tapes, hours and hours of interviews with people like um, Coral Gotch, Road Warrior Hawk, Stan Hansen, the, the Bruiser Brody. Uh, it's on cassette tape. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, hours wow. and hours of interview. Nick Bockwinkle, all those that uh, I'll use. Yeah, I'll make use. Hey, Somehow. send them over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you have to convert into disc, digital. Uh, it's I, in ca- disc, I'll get a tape player. cassette tape, you know? The Walkman. Yeah, that's okay. I, I set the ta- tape recorder on the table and talk to Bruiser Brody for an hour. I tape it all, you know. I still have it. This is where this is, uh, my age is showing because this is all you know tape recorders. Watchmen are all before my time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, you learn from it. Really, yeah. it's a real legend that I was able to sit down and do an interview with, and I. Uh, recorded on cassette tape you know it's still right in front of me there's i remember the bruiser brody interview there's one great point from that interview it was from 1985 i believe mm-hmm. and bruiser brody back then made a point of saying he was comparing all japan's style to new japan style yeah. ju- i think he just jumped you to- said 95 it's more like 80, 85 85 85 excuse me it was yeah, Inoki was uh, in charge and Broody had just gotten there and he was saying that people want to see action. He said action was what was important. Action was what New Japan was doing. It was a faster style compared to uh, the, the at the time, I guess it was a little slower uh, All Japan style. More traditional American traditional wrestling. Yeah. NWA style. And he oh, was very much to, so. He gauged what they wanted. And it's something it's something that I learned that you can apply to any uh 
age in wrestling, um, the value of action at that a promotion can't, if you're going to mix it up, you really, ha- you can't just uh, forget about the action. It can't be all angles. It can't be, uh, you know, foolishness and you have yeah. to care about, you have to care about the product. Yeah. So, and also New Japan's always been, you know, back then, Antonio Inoki show, you know, that's right as well. More original. And the, the old Japan, Jan Baba's philosophy was to bring in true talent, you know, from America, you have your, the funks, the Hardy race, Stan Hansen, Mill Maskers, the uh, you have your Bruno San Martino, you have your Bob Bobo Brazil, Dick Byer, the Destroyer, the Killer Kowalski, all those people are here and work like what you do in America, you know. Whereas Antonio Inoki bringing you know people from America and just have them do the Japanese style, a little bit different. And with New Japan, I feel like it's where we saw more of. Japanese martial arts introduced in the pro wrestling ring where all Japan was more of Japanese take on the NWA Very style. Old, yeah, Japanese oriented. Yeah, so that's why that uh, you have to watch Hulk Hogan's match with New Japan. Oh, the, See, those when are you great hear Hulk Hogan, Yeah, when you hear Hulk Hogan, you have one, two, three, three punches and go you and give a big boost and you give a leg drop to win the match. That's it, right? But in Japan, when he comes over to New Japan ring, Hulk Hogan really wrestles. He can do it. Trust me. And he moves so well for a guy like uh, of that size. Like it size. Almost, it's almost like a junior heavyweight in some regards with the way he moves sometimes. Yeah, like uh, 1993 Hulk Hogan against Great Muta match. People should watch that from this. I mean, people from in the states should watch that and rethink about the quality of, you know, Hulk Hogan match. That had a main event feel in any, it could have been a WWF match, WCW. It felt like a big, big match, the Muda and uh, Hogan match. Yeah, but the Hulk Hogan has different working shoe on, you know, when, yeah. he, when he comes to Japan. And that's right, too. It speaks more to the point of, of the value of action and how much, yeah. how important it always will be. It's not a time thing. It's just, it's an element that's a part yeah, of the system. Yeah, good wrestling is always good wrestling. Yes, sir. And yeah, and if you're not a good wrestler, you're going to get exposed eventually. You just Pretty are. Much, yeah. I mean, listen, yeah. we've all watched enough wrestling. You were saying that the G1 technically is 90 matches. So that's just 90 matches yeah. over the past couple 90 of 90 single matches. All important. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Because these are very important matches that, that they'll be so careful, yeah. you know. And the, the styles are evolving. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We can do this again. Let's do it again. Oh, I, Is be- I'm so down. Carlos? Yeah, I, I absolutely am down for it any time. I'm, and it's funny because like... Well, we can be, yeah, we can sit here and talk about wrestling hours and hours all night long. And, and I learned so much just from listening to you guys because, I mean, I'm the youngest out of the... Out of the three of us, no, no offense, <laughs> not calling you guys old, but I'm only 25. So it, it is very fascinating and very interesting just learning and listening to you guys talk about the, the 90s and 80s, which was an era before my time. Okay. Well, well, with wrestling, it's like this. There's no standard for anything. And there's it's really hard to find out the real information when you want to know what it is. There's no school. There's no class. Guys like Fumi, they're the teachers. They're teaching us. And it's so obvious how educated everyone is becoming so quickly over the past couple of years after this Pacific Rim show. Really? 
I, I feel that yeah. way. Maybe I, well, of course I'm biased. I mean, I work on the site too, but <laughs> and I'm a fan, but it doesn't, I mean, that's, that's how well, I feel. I'm flattered, you know, and then I'll, I would love to share this with more people, you know? Yeah. We'll try our best. I mean, before we've part, I mean, Carlos, is there anything you want to say? Like, we're going to do it again, I guess. So we don't need yes. to uh, part with <laughs> <again>. sorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, it was a, a phenomenal, you know, 90, 100 minutes talking to you, Fumi. <laughs> and really hope to do it again sometime because it's, you know, it, listening to you guys talk. And, and, and I'm very serious for a second. It even in this digital age where the information is like readily available pro wrestling in some regards doesn't have that luxury where you get to learn, you know, the actual real history of the sport. It's, it's quite different from a lot of industry. And that's where guys like you and Dave Meltzer come in and, educate and teach us about the history uh, of pro wrestling, whether it be in the United States or, or in Japan or anywhere else, really. Yeah, we're very grateful. I, it's, I know how difficult it can be because we're on three different time zones right now. So thank you for taking the time always. And we had to set this up. So I know this it- is wonderful. This is wonderful. <laughs> Thanks to technology. You know, the long distance phone call used to be very expensive. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. I just. I mean, imagine... Imagine some of the wrestlers landing, landing in Japan. You know, we were talking about wrestlers that you were talking to in the eighties. Imagine, you know, they get right to Japan. What do they do? There's no phone. There's no smartphone. You just have to wait. No smartphone. Yeah. No, you have to wait patiently. Oh, and long distance was real expensive back in seventies and eighties. Yeah. I was using, I was using long distance in 2007 or 2008. I had a calling card. That was the last time I used right, it. Right. Right. Yeah. It was, you know, I mean, it was a thing. phone call, right? It was international. It was international. Yeah. Yeah. So you had to do that. That was the only way at the time. And then it changed. Uh, it's good that now we can do this thing, you know, Zoom and or the Skype or something like that. And yes. Yeah. Just with Zoom alone, because of the pandemic, I've been able to, you know, my in my work as a boxing reporter, boxing writer, I've been able to talk to guy, like guys from the UK. I remember, you know, talking to even before the pandemic, I was able to use like Zoom and like long distance calling to, you know, talk and interview fighters, you know, in China. So it just goes to show how long, uh, techno- how far technology has gone, especially with people yeah. in, in the media and, and, you know, covering sports, international sports more, uh, more specifically. Well, it's, it's good that uh, we have in technology now that we will have the better understanding and, and and more more knowledge, accurate and history is then we, we might be able to pass on to others, you know. And uh, yes, yeah. And I think the more that you learn about how everything works, the more you enjoy it. It's so much more enjoyable, isn't it? It's like yeah, watching yeah. a TV in black and white versus watching TV in HD. You know, it's the same thing, but it, one product is like this, and the other's like that. So. And also, when you talk about real old matches in wrestling or something, you go back to your laptop and, and hook up your YouTube and you might be able to find it, you know? Oh, there's everything out there. Yeah. There's yeah. everything yeah. out there. Well, I, before I go to bed every night, you know, I watch YouTube and find some old matches and one more match and then go to bed. Yeah, it's like it's like listening to uh, classic hits before uh, yeah, yeah. bed. All I hear is classic rock. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so then, so we have to make a playlist someday. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Match list. Okay, so I guess for for Fumi and for Carlos, I'm Justin. Thank you so much. Oh, it was so much fun. Thank you. Loved it. We'll see you again. Yeah, well, let's do it again. Yeah. Okay. See you, everyone. Bye.